Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. It is Tuesday, not Monday. Tuesday. Hope everyone had a fantastic Labor Day. As uh, well, you know, it's celebrating uh, all the all the labor-intensive things we had leading up to get that day off, baby. So, all right, there's a lot of things to talk about today, and when it comes specifically to one team, and that is the Wisconsin Badgers. But before we get into everything that is Badgers, I do have to start out with some positive, and the positive is this. We celebrated good times last week and into the weekend. I'm not talking about the game that was for Wisconsin versus Penn State. I'm talking about the human experience, the human element. To see a full Camp Randall, the masses all together, coming together for one cause, and that's to have a damn good time experience a sporting event together and interact with each other. The tailgate at the red zone, absolutely incredible. Seeing everyone that we hadn't seen for over a year, year and a half, to all come together for one cause and just have a damn good time. Rowdy, how good was it to just be out there to see a full football stadium and people out across Regent Street celebrating life. I don't think I'm really going on a limb saying this. I think that's the most listeners I've ever seen at a tailgate. I've never... I, yeah, you're right. I have never seen the amount... How many times did we have to talk? stop talking about the Badgers to welcome in another listener? It was, it was awesome to see everybody. I think that was the most... Most listeners that have ever come up to our uh, table... For one pregame for yeah. two and a half hours. Uh, yeah, you're totally right. It was one after another, after another, after another. Even Charlie Johnson came. Down the middle, Johnson was there. Down the middle was out in full force. I think he even stayed for the whole game. He did. <laughs> he did. One of our listeners, Brad, gave him liquor. Yeah, and I believe his uh, quote, he came up when he said to us was, I've done something that can't be undone. Yeah. I've given Charlie liquor. <laughs> liquor. Things have been put into motion that will never be undone again. As Char- I'm not even kidding. Charlie down the middle Johnson came. I'm trying to think of. Okay. Um, let's write. We- Steve. Steve. Charlie. Charlie. BJ. BJ. Chuck um, and Julie. Chuck and Julie. Todd. Who shook your hand. Ryan and Dodgeville. Yep. Ryan and Dodgeville. Um, God, there's a lot of other ones. It's starting to get blurry now, Rowdy. Um, Whitey. Yeah, Whitey and Sue. Whitey and Sue. There was a, a couple from Lancaster that had the same last name as me. Yep. I can't remember his first oh, name. Oh, and their son was on the staff of Penn State, if I remember correctly. Correct. There was two people from lacrosse, um, Krista and, God, the hell's her husband's name? John, I think. There's a, there's a, there's a million more. Rowdy. Incredible experience at the red zone. Even my wife getting involved. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you we're missing some people. Oh, we're missing a ton of people. We're missing so many people. It was, oh, Chad? Yep. Oh, uh, Wisco Chad. Yep. Wisco Chad. There was, God, there's so many more. 
There's so many more. Oh, Denny and Sue from Dodgeville. There's some more. My dad. <laughs> My dad out of nowhere. Uh, JD and MSN. Anyway, and by the way, those sliders. Oof. I even I even received a text from my buddy Connor who had a couple. Oh, he, he was goes, he was feeling he goes, it. Oh yeah, Connor. He goes those those are really good. Yeah, I go yeah they were. Yeah, Connor Connor who uh, def- desperately needed some breakfast apparently. Uh, definitely yeah, Connor and Lucas. <laughs> Connor and Lucas. There was there was just so many lessers. If you all came out and saw us, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be out broadcasting live at the Red Zone, in the beer garden, in the sea of humanity, just loving life and celebrating life and just cracking brewskis, taking shots and having a good time. Not only did we see tons and tons of listeners, but we saw tons and tons of, uh, I don't, I don't, I think I'm going to call them folk heroes at the Red Zone. Oh, definite folk heroes at the <laughs> like, Red Zone. Yes. Like the guy that has like the long hair, bigger guy with long hair that has like a lion mane. Yeah, that yeah, guy that was guy's walking awesome. around. <laughs> He's like a. He looks like he's like a. He's like a Cali Jesus. He's got like what he's like long blonde gray hair. He looks like he's like a. He's like some kind of like like he works in concrete or something, and he just looks like Jesus. Kind and then of. and then there was the guys that were all hanging around taking shots, drinking that recognized us from years past, yeah, we're asking like, where the t-shirts and shots were. <laughs> it's like, well, listen, things are. We're working on that stuff, but they were they were pretty upset we didn't have a bottle of booze to just give them. What a time, man. And uh, young Ben Kenny, who joined us, Rowdy, the, I still can't get over the fact that Ben said this was his first. He, he just graduated from UW-Madison, Bill Michaels' producer, and he said, Rowdy, that this was his first ever tailgate on Regent Street. The man's been at Wisconsin for four years in his first ever tailgate at Regent Street. I got to say, when it comes to... <laughs> I liked my line, his eyes when I said that. At first, I don't think he got... I was joking when I said, Ben, I can't believe as a guy that went to Madison for four plus years, you never tailgated down on Regent Street. Some people come to Madison just to do that. Normally, the type of... You know what we call those people? Losers. But you, I think you're all right. When I said losers, his eyes got like... like what? Uh, what got what what what? Uh, Ben's eyes got bigger in what moment? When you called him a loser, essentially, Rowdy, or when my wife may or may not have dropped dropped a choice word that you can't say on air. I think it was been when when Miss Ebo dropped the, dropped the four letter word on accident. Who was very excited to see Charlie? And I even got a seal of approval and a message from David Monona, who, by the way, I have to buy him lunch. Oh no! Because that broke up a streak of five straight winning yeah, bets. Because Dave took the Penn State Nittany Lions, unbelievable, and he the even, points. But he even said, "I was checking out every single pregame, and your guys's was the best." Well, uh, I mean, was there any doubt, Dave? There was one little snafu like early on with um, the board or something, whatever it was. But we still came alive and dominated. What a time to be alive down at the Red Zone, Madison. And just great to see when the, you know, they had a new TV out there in the beer garden. It was gigantic, bigger than it was before. And just to see a full Camp Randall was one of the most special and greatest things. It brought a tear to my eye seeing a full Camp Randall and everyone celebrating and a full packed Regent Street and everyone celebrating. And then the game happened, Rowdy. And then the game happened. Real quick. Uh, people watching on Twitch can see what Nelly is wearing, but people listening to the radio uh, have theater of the mind. Nelly over here is rocking a, a dark navy blue shirt. It's like got a white speckle to it, and there's a certain logo on it. Rowdy, what what's what shirt are you wearing right now? Well, this is actually one of the most offen- offensive logos uh, 
in college football. Yeah. As voted on by who knows, losers. Uh, that would be Notre Dame fighting Irish. It's the, it's the fighting leprechaun on Rowdy's shirt and says, Irish, Rowdy is rocking a Notre Dame fighting Irish shirt. We'll talk more about Notre Dame and their quarterback coming up in the show. But right now, let's just let's just dive right in. Graham Mertz. What in the world was that performance by Graham Mertz against the Penn State Nittany Lions? That was one of the most disheartening, deflating, Awful performances I have seen from a Wisconsin quarterback in quite some time. I almost at one point wished that Alex Hornibrook was back. I, I I was going through it. There was a couple good throws from Mertz. I'll give him that. But what I saw Saturday against the Penn State Nittany Lions when it comes to the play of the quarterback, a guy who has his own logo, who has his own website, who is selling onesies to babies for $40 a pop, what I saw was just – I Rowdy – it wasn't because I was drinking either. I wanted to vomit at the end of the game. Actually, I think it makes sense, though, with the onesies for the kids. Why is that? Because little little babies that wear onesies, they crap their pants. <laughs> and that's what Mertz did. No, dude, that was, that was bad. That was a poor display of quarterbacking from Graham Mertz against the Penn State Nittany Lions. When there was crunch time to be had, Graham Mertz folded like a lawn chair, Rowdy. What happened to Mertz? What happened to Mertz Mania against Illinois? Yeah, so uh, I sent out a tweet, well, a couple tweets. Yes, same. And the first one was more or less Jack Cohn wins that football game. Because I, what if we said for like forever, as a Wisconsin Badgers team to be really good, they need a good, efficient quarterback. Doesn't have to be the guy with the biggest arm. Doesn't have to be the most athletic quarterback. They need a guy that is just efficient and make smart plays and doesn't turn it over. Well, being efficient wasn't a thing yesterday, or I got, sorry, on Saturday. Yeah, and I think making smart plays wasn't really a thing. Yeah, and, and not turning the ball over wasn't a smart thing either. And I tweeted out, Jack Cohn wins that football game. I stand by that. I, I agree with you 110% that Jack Cohn wins that football game. Now, I also sent out a tweet right after that <laughs> in frustration. I saw that one. And it said, Graham Mertz sucks, period. The hype was all BS. Now, I want to address that one because I'm going to say... Now, how many beers deep were you when you sent that out? And shots? An entire pregame and game? Yeah. We were, we were, we were having fun. Now, I'm going to say... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and say there were two statements there. Graham Mertz sucks and the hype was all BS. One of those is true. Graham Mertz doesn't suck, though we're going to get into that. Yep. But the hype was all BS. Correct. Graham Mertz does not suck. Correct. He did suck against the Nittany Lions, but Graham Mertz doesn't suck. But the hype, the hype. We got we got fooled by the Illinois game. We, it was fool's gold. Where does uh, that game, the opener for Wisconsin and seeing what Graham Mertz did, where does that stack up for you for quarterback play in all your years of watching quarterbacks play for the Wisconsin Badgers? Not good, Bob. Not great, Bob. Uh what did you think when you saw that all unfold in person at I, Camp Randall? I felt like the O-line played like horse stuff. Horse <laughs> poo. Uh, Mertz really didn't have a lot of time. Uh, that's evident by two intentional groundings and a couple that ended up in the area of receivers. Um, I It was just – it looked like Wisconsin was playing – 
a their first game against a cupcake opponent. They were running a vanilla offense, and it looked like the entire season last year, where the defense will keep you in the game, and this offense does absolutely nothing to help its own cause. I mean, it, it was it was kind of funny. Like uh, when Garendo came in, the guy behind me at the game just goes, "Well, I guess Burgers in the transfer portal." Yeah, well, I mean, Berger is listed second on the depth chart, right? Like that's it, he's well, now or he is. Yeah. So Chesma Lucy looked apart. Chesma Lucy looked really good. Yeah. Chesma Lucy looked great. He's a four star running back. Chesma Lucy ripped off some really good runs and looked really good. Chesma Lucy looked find good. holes in in the uh, yeah when when he wasn't getting hit at the line of scrimmage, which is obviously no fault of his own or behind. He looked <laughs> yep. pretty good. Yeah. Or when Graham Mertz was, I don't know, fumbling the handoff. Not to gonna him. lie, Garendo looked all right as well. Yeah, Garendo looked good too. I mean, uh, flashes. We were talking about it how he didn't have the the vision in the limited time we saw him, but he broke a, a, a couple runs open there. So um, Wisconsin running back, you looks like it's gonna be safe and okay so far. I mean, the yeah. question is, where the hell is Jalen Berger? Well, I think one of the big things with the offensive line was the fact that your left tackle, the guy that is supposed to be protecting your quarterback's blind side. Mm-hmm. What did they say? He only had five practices. Yeah. Well. And then he, and also let's not forget he was playing a lot of right tackle in his career. Yeah. Well, that's an issue. And he did not look good. It's then the easiest transition to make from right tackle to, to left tackle. And then on top of that, you have a mixture of a lot of guys that have experience and a lot of guys that don't have experience, but are highly uh, touted as recruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you saw throughout the game, the offensive line got a little bit better when they first got punched in the mouth the first quarter and a half. Yeah. Now I think that can only get better, but I mean that, that was not, not great either. No, no. Tyler beach was uh, talking about his struggles yesterday and he just said flat out that he stunk. He said, oh, I mean, he did. He yeah. said, quote, I think I played poorly, to be honest. I didn't play up to my standards personally. And there's no excuse for that. Uh, yeah, did, did I see a good. pro football focus grade for him? Uh, one came out. I can't remember what it was. 0.0. I was going to say, oh. it no, probably I'm, was I'm a not, zero. I'm not kidding. I, I saw some Fat, drunk, on, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> 0.0. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, that... No, mi- no mission saw. barbecue like, for you, Tyler Beach. Like that's that's shame. Yeah, you, you didn't play of, bad. You played a lot terrible. Of NILs kind of blew up in people's faces on uh, game one. Uh, Graham Mertz has no NILs, but I did tweet this out and I stand by it. I think this might be well, light. I mean, he does because he has a website yeah. that you can purchase stuff on. Yeah, I guess it is an oh, NIL. You, you want to know how many Graham, Graham Mertz logoed stuff I saw on Saturday? I'm going to go zero. I didn't see any. Zero. I didn't see any either. I didn't see anything either, but and if I don't you did think buy you're going to be seeing anything for no. Eastern Michigan weekend. Well, unless it's 50% off. Well, I, I tweeted that out. All Graham Mertz gear now 50% off on his website. I think that's. I think it'll be 75% off, to that's, be honest with yeah. you. 50% off is just too... Too little. I don't know, boys. So Beach was out there uh, saying I would say there was a little bit of rust. I just kind of got out of whack with my pass sets. Even in my run game stuff, I was getting too wide and letting guys inside. And that's just not who I am as a player, so I've got to just clean it up. Uh, I'll have comments coming up from Graham Mertz. But, RJ, uh, we have the Twitter poll out right now. I'm sure you watched – did you watch Notre Dame, Florida State? Yeah. Okay. So the Twitter poll is is simply just this. So, before we get – how about Mackenzie Melton coming back? That was awesome. Yeah. After after coming back from a injury that everybody's like, well, most people never walk again after this. Listen, there's some good things in college I did like football. The, I did like the people on Twitter that are like, yeah, 
you got benched because your helmet got knocked off. Right. Good and, one. And now how, you're how done. How long did it, uh, does it take to put your helmet back on? One play. Wink, wink. So, RJ, we... It didn't s- help that that one play went for like 10, uh, 10 yards and a first down on like one throw. All right. So, the Twitter poll at Zone Madison, how are you feeling about Graham Mertz after the Badgers lost to Penn State? You have three options. Uh, still Heisman potential, growing pains this year, or I miss Jack Cohn. Because Jack Cohn balled the yeah. FL. Anybody who Dame. answers that, uh, just walk yourself out of here because you were the ones calling for his head up until. The I miss Jack Cohns? Yeah. So the I miss Jack Cohns are the same people who thought he should be gone anyway because of Graham Mertz being the highest rated quarterback to ever be recruited here directly. RJ, um, um, right so, now, leading the Twitter poll. Is I miss Jack Cole. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I understand it. And all these people who are picking that were on the side of he should be gone. And I voted already for growing pains this year. Yeah. I mean, which is still a redshirt freshman. Uh, he gets that distinction and mm-hmm. he still gets, I don't know if he gets a year still for the, the COVID year uh, that. Other people got. I don't know if that applies down the road. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I forgot, know if I he can be a six-year guy. Um, but hey, by the way he played on Saturday, he might be a six-year guy, right? And you know, you you look at near the end of the game when you had Danny Davis and Jake Ferguson, who both look good, becoming open. And you're sitting there wondering where was this in the middle of the game? It shouldn't have come out in desperation time. And it it shouldn't have taken your O-line that that long of a time to get things together. But I think it also helped that Penn State went into a prevent defense uh, in the fourth quarter, which, you know what, prevent defenses only prevent you from winning. And <laughs> outside defenses. of two fumbles and two interceptions in or near the red zone, uh, you know, I mean, Wisconsin should have been up like 21 nothing. Uh, going into halftime. It, it, it was odd because heading into halftime, you know, you, you get a smattering of clapping if it's like a close game or you get raucous cheers if it's a blowout. Yeah. Literally nothing. It was dead silent. Really? It can't remember yep. dead silent. You, like, it was only, rocking at the, the red zone, by the way. The only thing you could hear was the band uh, playing the team, playing on Wisconsin as the team ran off the field. Nobody was clapping. Like, if I mean, if you hear that defense, as a though, team, in, in their in the fans' defense, there was really nothing to clap no, about. That's the point. Yeah. If you if that's you as a team, like that's on you to get that team that that stadium jacked up, and just p- pumping your hands up in the air ain't ain't gonna do it. And stuff has to happen on the field. What and, if the offensive line gave everyone uh, free mission barbecue samples in the stands? Would that get everyone applause? Probably not. I probably would have lost. Throw, I mean, it, throw th- it back at this him. This is the Woo! performance I get for Mission Woo! Barbecue with a throw it back at him. Yeah, um, but th- as good as it was being back, like which it was fantastic to be back. The atmosphere was stale because of what you saw on the field, and it wasn't the fact that it was zero zero because uh, students, both, were, students both, were in there yeah, too, right? Both defense. Yeah, it was more better than in years past. Correct? No. No. I guess maybe I would so. Young to. Young Ben Kenny can come in and defend the student section for showing up late again, and everybody who wants to say oh, Ben's got to they, defend his own honor in a sobriety because he was he <laughs> well, was they, he put one on. There was a oh yeah there okay. was a there was a point uh, near the end of the game when Ben kept saying, "I have all my emotional uh, 
I, everything emotionally about me is invested in the Badgers. This has destroyed me. This has ruined me. And then Ben, man, and that's a guy who's never worked for the team in his life. The Ben kept talking about how um, he needed another shot to get through this. I need another shot to get through this. And then he kept saying how he would outdrink me any day of the week. I go, Ben, I'm a Wisconsinite. You're a 22 year old uh, kid from Philadelphia. I'm like Ben. You can barely stand right now. I've I maybe feel buzzed. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll drink you. He said, he said it to my wife Jen. And Jen goes. Did Jen you, goes. Ben, I'm a tank. Did you give him a ride home too? I. This is where Rowdy comes into no. play. This is where Rowdy's dad comes into okay, play. Okay, I was gonna say because I know you brought him down. I brought him down. You, you and the wife brought him down. And then Rowdy uh, and um, Papa Raisbeck had to drop him off. Okay. Well, I'll. I'll I think take, then he I'll, follows, uh, I'll then take he, that story off air. Did he follow up some stairs? <laughs> fell up, nice. No, out. Oh. No stairs involved. Did okay. he just he just fell then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep talking about. But, go, yeah, you know, in in terms of that game, it really felt to steal a phrase from Rowdy from Miracle. They were playing a pickup, <laughs> a pickup game in Rochester. A throwaway game, throwaway throwaway game, game in, in Rochester. Rochester. Like that's how it looked. They there was none of this Paul Christ shifting. The, to it is a great quote, the by deep, the way. It is. It is fantastic. Um, who are we playing, Rammer? Sweden. <laughs> in the Olympics. Um, but you didn't see the shifting. You didn't see the more complex offense that there is and for the people who want to say it's not a complex offense uh get get yourself checked it's an nfl offense that this is being that is being run um whatever you want to say about it or not we need to open things up well guess what i don't see outside of one team people in the nfl opening things up and having a lot of success uh you had chip kelly already get run out of two teams in the nfl how about chip Um, kelly and who knows, the Arizona Cardinals might end up moving on from their head coach pretty soon, too, because he never had a winning record as a college coach. Hey, well, um, didn't, UCLA, didn't UCLA get a win? They did. Yeah, yeah. they did. Those efforts. I mean, those efforts. The, yeah, they beat LSU. They beat LSU. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the sissy shirts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 coach offense, the offense works in college because there's yeah. enough difference between teams where it can work. I mean, and then you get games like. Oklahoma, who should have blown out Tulane, and they only won by how five. About, how about Georgia beating Clemson ten to three? That one, I mean, you had, you have the most five star rated recruits on Georgia's roster in the history of recruiting rankings since they started. Right now, that team should beat Clemson, right. who's moving on from two tremendous starters yeah. uh, in your running back and quarterback so, real who quick, are both in the NFL. We got we got two lines on here real quick, and then we'll hit break, and we'll come back to talk it and some Brewers as well. Uh, and RJ, I'll ask you, because we'll get to you, Rowdy. RJ, though, are you concerned about the Badgers and their hopes of getting to a Big Ten title game and maybe beating Michigan – no, not Michigan State, sorry, Ohio State – of, let's just say, getting to a Big Ten title game this year after what you saw on Saturday? I mean, the only one I'm worried about right now. The schedule gets pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, sure, you look at Notre Dame, but you don't know what Florida State is right now. Um, the one thing I can say, and they kept harping on it like all the game, uh, in the past few years, you saw Florida State give up in games. Yeah, they did not do that this game. So I don't know if that's the talent Florida State well, Mike has, Nor- and Norvell all that had them playing hard. They right. were playing hard for yeah, but but Wisconsin specifically, are you concerned right now? 
No. Okay. I, I mean, I still think they have a shot at making it to the Big Ten championship they, game. They that do, Iowa game do. looks like it's going to be tough now. Uh, Minnesota le- loses uh, Ibrahim. Yeah, he's and done I for think the year. that kind of deflates them because everybody's like, well, they still have a running game. No, the next guy had 10, uh, 10 carries for 31 yards. Yeah. All right, let's uh, – I got three lines blowing up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Uh, line one, welcome to the show. Who's this? Good morning, my friend. Hey, Scotty, one second. Uh, line two, who's this? God bless y'all. Charlie. We, Thank you, Alper. What a time. Saturday. We had such a blast with you Saturday at the Red Zone. What a time. Uh-huh. I'm so excited that you came. I, 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 I kind of surprised people, don't I? <laughs> you surprised everyone, Charlie. Let me toss in hold. We'll get, we'll, I want to give you yeah, your due yeah, diligence, yeah, I'll, Charlie. I'll, I'll call, you call in later. Ca- call in later. Call in later so we can give you your time in the sun. All right. We'll talk later. See ya. Uh, line three. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, this is Steve. Steve, my man, Steve. You got the witness, Charlie, Steve. Yeah, yeah I did. It's hard. He's a tough act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, it was a pleasure to meet you in person and to uh, have some beers and talk football. It was so fun, man. It was so great. I mean, the game stunk, but it was great just to have everyone out and celebrate in life, Steve. Yeah, and I enjoyed meeting the, meeting the guys. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I, I also like to take a step back after the day of the game. I know I texted you a couple times. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just kind of let the, let the emotions lie down and then, look, you know, kind of look at it. I had to sleep uh, on it a couple days, Steve. Yeah, more objectively. And, you know, we, we yeah, we should have won the game. We, we dominated them statistically. Um, but we made the critical mistakes in the red zone, and, and um, so we lost. So my question is uh, – and and RJ might be in good position to answer that. And good morning, RJ. Morning. Um, and I saw you guys it, hitting. It, you and RJ hitting it off on Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I enjoy it. Uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Um, he's all right when he sleeps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and rowdy too. So, yeah. um, but uh, so when a when a player like like Mertz doesn't have it going, why wouldn't you switch it up? You switch up any other players. If they're having a bad day, things aren't working out. They make a mistake. Why wouldn't you? Because because my understanding is that there's not there's not a whole lot of difference at this point between Chase Wolf and, and, and Mertz. Why wouldn't you switch it up and and kind of kind of not only to see if somebody else might be a little hotter, but also to say, hey, dude, you just to spark it, get something going, you know? Yeah, and you got to clean it, but you got to clean this up. Um, and and it almost reinforces to me, you know, my my vote on Mertz is that he's still he's still a project. I wouldn't give up on him. Although I will say that Cone in that game in that situation because of the experience probably would have done better. Yeah, I mean a lot of guys probably would have done better. Hell, Rowdy tweeted that out. Jack Cone wins that game. I agree with him too. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. But that doesn't mean you give up on Mertz. Yeah, but it, you, you're coaching him, so you got to teach him a lesson. And it's like. You know, unless you have Ted Lasso as your coach, um, <laughs> and it's, it's a great—it's nice a, great, a great series, by the way. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Uh, um, I don't know what message that sends the wolf. You can just do whatever the hell you want. You're still going to keep playing. So, um, why wouldn't you take a shot when it was became obvious and how painful it was, or, or you still just hope that somehow or another that uh, Mertz gets it together? RJ, you want to oblige Steve? You want to answer the man? Uh, in, in terms of you know bringing in Wolf, like you bring in other people, uh, you kind of try to let him work it out in that situation, which sounds bad with what we were watching. But I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing we saw. Uh, well, you don't want to give the guy the yips, like when uh, McAvoy came in for Joel Stave, but then again, it looked like well, that Mertz, was, looked that like was Mertz just are, a, that was Gary Anderson. It, um, it looked kind of like Mertz had the yips though. 
No, I, like I said, uh, he had some couple of good throws. Yeah, and you know, near the end of the game, there were some better throws, and he had more time. But like I said, it was when Penn State kind of backed off and stopped. Sending I mean, the Badgers are clearly committed to Graham That's why I don't think you see Chase Wolf coming in because they moved right. on from Jack. I mean, you don't well, Wally Pip someone, but it, Jack Cohn got Wally an injury. Yeah, and like we saw in the Minnesota game, and then they still decided to call some horrible plays because. You know, you had Garrett Groshak gaining nine yards of carry, but hey, let's throw the ball. Well, yeah. what was the game? What was the game where was it Iowa last year, where Jack Cohn was suited up? Yeah, and and, that, and that's and, when he yeah. told Chris that he's done. Yeah, and he didn't play, and yep. Graham Mertz played. I think that was the exact moment where Paul Christ and the Wisconsin uh, Badgers said. Graham Mertz is our guy. Yeah, I think they're just trying to have him figure it out, Steve. Just get out there, and it's you know, you know, baptism by fire. Well, you know, and considering that we don't normally, I mean, we we opened up with a with a very good team, and and at some point you got to give your your, uh, your opponent their due. I mean, yeah. they made some adjustments the second half, and and um, you know, we lost we lost a good team. Normally, we'd open up against a team like we're playing this next week, yeah. and you have an opportunity to kind of work some of those mechanical things out a little more in the stadium with the crowd and all that that we that we that we uh, weren't able to do. So I'm I haven't. I haven't given up on it at, at all. Uh, I think Mertz has still a lot of growing up to do, and you know maybe he's maybe this is a humbling experience him to a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. There you go, humbling, and uh, that can only go to help. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, Steve, it was a pleasure to see you Saturday and your beautiful wife. That was so much fun. I uh, hope to do it again. If you, hey, you know where we are now, Steve. So we'll be there every home game. So come find us if you want. I will. Thanks, guys. See you, Steve. A good, one. good stuff there from Steve. But you look at it. Uh, Three of the shots to the the end zone were all those passes to DK uh, that, yeah, were a, a seam route, and people, they were sitting on it. Yeah. Well, Rowdy, you have a surprise for RJ. Yeah, so looking at the, the Twitter poll today, obviously there's only three options, and I had to vote. You know where I voted? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Because obviously, obviously, in my opinion, there's only two places you can vote. Uh, and RJ did say whoever votes, I miss Jack Cohen should go take a long walk off of a short pier. Essentially, no, didn't say that. I just said they're they're ones who were on the side of he should be on the bench. Well, Rowdy is also wearing a Notre Dame Fighting Irish shirt today. What's the surprise for RJ, Noe? Obviously, I could easily see the growing pains this year, but I voted I miss Jack Cohen. <laughs> And the reason why I voted I miss Jack Cohn is because I know that he wins that football game, and there's no doubt in my mind. And But you also weren't one that was calling for Graham Mertz to supplant him well. Yeah, Rowdy he always was winning wanted football Cone. games. Rowdy always you know? wanted Cohn. Well, my biggest thing with Graham Mertz was I wasn't going to play him until he won the job. And yeah. in my opinion, Graham Mertz never won the job from Jack Cohn. He just in, took it. In, in, 2000 an and, hurt, hurt. in 2019, obviously – he did his true freshman year. He didn't beat out Jack Cohn. Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn was the third best quarterback in the Big Ten statistically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2020, he didn't beat out Jack Cohn until Jack Cohn broke his foot. Yeah. Right. And then Jack Cohn decided to transfer mm-hmm. because the writing was on the wall. I believe it was the Iowa game where he suited up and they played Graham Mertz. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, what the hell?" Yeah. That's the game when when Cohn said, "I'm done here." Um. We got Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. We have two phone lines. But coming. the the reason why I said I miss Jack Cohn is also because I have a little cheddar on the 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 Badgers winning over nine and a half yeah. games. And if I had Jack Cohn on this Badger team, 
10 plus games is no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> but that's rolling the dice but, with uh But with you, you at least you have never always, you always wanted Cone. You, yeah, you've always wanted Cone. You I wanted one, Mertz to win the job. Right. But it you're all that's also saying Cone is my quarterback until that happens. Yeah. You were never one to be like the the harping on the on Mertz and saying he was going to be the starter day one. Like I get <laughs> I get the the higher ceiling for Graham Mertz and it's hard to put the genie back into the bottle. I get that, but in my mind, genie's out of the bottle. In my mind, though, it's just until he won the job, right? What has he earned? Yeah, all he was was hype. All he was was the recruiting stuff. Well, he's got a website. All, all he was was the one game he in Illinois. He's got a he, website he, and a logo. And, he, and to this day, he hasn't backed up the Illinois yeah. game. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Saturday, Adrian Hauser throws the complete game. The first one since 2011. Kyle Loesch did it, 2011. First one since then. For the Brewers. How about Hauser, dude? 100 pitches, Rowdy. Talk about efficiency. The dude pounded the strike zone. Pounded the strike zone. Yeah, it was quite the weekend for the Brewers against the Cardinals. Obviously, the Cardinals are one of the teams competing for that final uh, wild card spot in the NL. But how about Friday? Friday was the Midwest family bus trip. Oh, yeah. I don't think they could have gotten a worse game for <laughs> listeners to watch. Well, unless he went yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, Friday stunk. And then, obviously, like you said, Adrian Hauser bounces back for the Brewers and and throws the complete game shutout. And then on Sunday, wow, that is exactly why this team feels special. And that is exactly why you have to continue to watch these games because the Brewers seem like they do this like once a week where it's a a game in which you don't think they're going to win. And then all of a sudden they come back and they get a huge win. And obviously it was Daniel Vogel back hitting a walk-off grand slam. Yeah. And I, I was sitting there watching it myself going, man, most seasons I would turn this game off, but not with this team, not in games like this, because you've seen them come back and you've seen them win games like this so many times. That's why I didn't turn it off. I actually even sat through the entire game yesterday when I considered turning it off. You now, sat through the whole thing yesterday? Yeah, just Why? just to make sure that I watched it. Well, because of the night bef- the game before. Yeah, probably. and then you see that the night before. But I had messaged you and RJ in our little Twitter uh, group yeah. saying, "Got this was after Vogelback hit the walk-off Grand Slam. I go, guys, I have the Cardinals broadcast. It's hilarious. Because obviously going through Twitter, all you heard was the the – uh, Brewers broadcast, obviously the Bob Euchre call, but no one really heard. I don't, you know, not a lot of Brewer fans heard the the Cardinals broadcast. Well, since I had that feed, it was hilarious. Okay. I was chuckling. We have so it. we, we have, have both we have of it. them. We have both of it. Um, so for me personally, on Sunday, I was I wasn't really hungover Sunday morning. I had a little bit of the Sunday scaries, but I think I was just more disappointed in Graham Mertz. And then when the Brewers came out, the Brewers were down. What were they down, Rowdy? They were um, they were not looking hot. Obviously, they were down what? Uh, well, they were down five to one five going to one. into the ninth. Five to one going into the ninth. And I was driving to Devil's Lake. Uh, me and the wife uh, were meeting some buddies and gonna go out there. So I'm listening to the Brewers game. It's you know as I'm driving there, 
And I'm like, ah, they're going to lose this one. Boo-hoo. Well, and- the most frustrating thing about it is it was 5-1 to one going into the ninth. And just the last at bat in the eighth inning, the Brewers had the bases loaded. And they couldn't do jack with it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of the guys that they're going to lose as I was driving down there because the game itself, the majority of the game was just kind of a, a dismal. So I go out there, I'm, I'm drinking a couple beers, I'm chilling at the, the North Shore <laughs> on Devil's Lake, and uh, they're like, oh, let's get out let's go to Baraboo and go to uh, this Tumble Rock place, it was really good. I literally turn my car on, Rowdy, and you want to know what I hear? Well, well, first, th- that eighth inning that I was talking about? Yeah. So you had bases loaded, and I think there was one out or no outs, and then what happens? You get a, a pop-up. And I'm like, oh, great. The one thing that you can't have here with the bases loaded, no one out, because they have a little rally. Then Rowdy Telez, who's ahead in the count, swings at ball four, not once, but twice. And the second one was about a 57-foot <laughs> slider in the dirt, and you're, like, ripping your hair out. And then Christian Yelich comes up and hits a bullet, and Paul Goldschmidt makes a leaping catch at first base. And that probably would have cleared the bases, and that probably – would have uh, put the Brewers right there, either tied up or, or uh, down one run. And when they didn't get those, I literally said to myself, I just have to humor myself and watch the last inning because just in case they come back. Because <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment? All of a sudden, the ninth inning, the bases were loaded again. And so Rowdy's watching the whole game. I popped into my car to to leave Devil's Lake. And literally as I turn my car on, it's always set to 96.7 FM and 1670 AM, the zone. W-O-Z-N. Thank you, Rowdy. And I hear this. And in there, one ball and no strikes. Swing and a drive to right and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Daniel Vogelback. Vogel! He just hit a walk-off grand slam home run. And he has put the Brewers on the field Absolutely incredible for that big old Dan. Oh, right when he hit it, you knew. The Dan. And he knew, too, because he just he pimped it. He, he just stared it at it. He took about one or two steps, watched it, and then got on with his trot. He pimped it, baby, and rightfully so. All 200 and how much do you think he weighs? I think they list. Remember when we first were, were pulled up his bio and it was like, oh, he's six foot. Was it two or three? I'm pulling it up right now. 240 pounds. And then all of a sudden Ooh. we got an updated one. I'm going to go with like 275. He's. According to baseball reference, he's six foot two seventy. <laughs> and he needed all two hundred and seventy pounds to put it behind in that ball to win it Saturday or Sunday for the Milwaukee Brewers. Absolutely incredible for Daniel Vogelback. This Monday, having Monday off really throw me off of my, yeah, my days. It makes it weird because on a normal week we would have came back and this is all we would have ta- uh, talking about for the Milwaukee Brewers was the Grand Slam. But then you had the Monday's game with the Phillies, which <laughs> was pounding their ass. 12 to nothing. Yeah, that game was over. Oof. All right, so, Rowdy, we just played the Milwaukee Brewers side. Bob Euchre, the greatest broadcaster of all time, Bob Euchre, getting it done. 50 years in the booth. Now, the feed you were watching, Rowdy, was the Cardinals broadcast. <laughs> it just made me chuckle. Rowdy's <laughs> pop-up pick on Twitch says, no way Vogelback is 270. He's something. A lot of them. He's a, he's, he's a lot of man. Let's just leave it at that. Here is the... 
St. Louis Cardinals broadcast of Dan the Man, the Danimal, with the walk-off Grand Slam. Take a listen. The 1-0 pitch. Vogelbach with a drive into deep right. It's a Grand Slam to win it. (laughs) 6-2. A 6-5 now. And that's the final as Vogelbach wins it with a walk-off Grand Slam. It was like the most <laughs> underwhelming thing ever. I mean, well, I guess what do we want him to say? Like, do we want him to go crazy? Like, a the- towering drive, and Daniel Vogelback has just hit a grand slam. The Brewers win six to five. This game is over. <laughs> I, I just, okay, I want to do contrasting ones really quick here. Uh, here's you. Take a listen. Now and in there, one ball and no strikes. Swing and a drive to right and deep. Get up. Get up. Get up. Uke Rowdy, wow, what a finish. Oh, yeah. All right, so there, there's Uke. And then one more time. Let's do the Cardinals broadcast just to hear it again. The 1-0 pitch. Vogelbach with a drive into deep right. It's a grand slam to win it. <laughs> 6-2. It's a grand slam to win it. A 6-5 now. And that's the final as Vogelbach wins it with a walk-off grand. Incredible. That was, and that's that's just hilarious. And that was the feed that I had watching the game. It was That's why I was chuckling. Because then, obviously, you go on Twitter, you see all the cool retweets of, of the Brewers broadcast, whether it was their TV or their radio crews, and then that's the one that I heard. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. Rowdy Brewers got their asses handed to them yesterday, uh, 12 to nothing by the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies. Young Ben Kenny was there in attendance. So that was nice for him, bad for us. What the hell happened to the Brewers yesterday, well, Rowdy? I mean, the Brewers. Brandon Woodrum got shelled. We're going to call that the Daniel Vogelback hangover game because they, obviously they had the awesome walk-off grand slam against the Cardinals. But, I mean, if you look at the Brewers, remember we were probably talking about two weeks ago-ish now about how the Brewers had a 16 games in 16 uh, days coming up, yep. and they were against good teams. It's Cincinnati, who currently is contending for the last wild-card spot. It was San Francisco, who is one of the best teams in baseball as they're going back and forth with the Dodgers. It was St. Louis. Obviously, they finish out the series here of the 16 games and 16 days with the Phillies, who are contending in the East. Like, these are all really good teams outside of Minnesota. And it's 16 games and 16 days where you have two out of your three uh, aces got hit hard. Yep. Obviously, Freddie Peralta got blew up on Friday night. Brandon Woodruff just got blown up last night. You've had COVID, COVID issues with your pitching staff in the last you know, two, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. You've had injuries on your team, and yet you continue to play winning baseball. The Brewers are eight and six so far in these first first 14 games. Even if they got swept against the Phillies in the series, they go eight and eight, dealing with COVID, dealing with injuries, playing playoff teams, and having some of their good starters make bad starts. And I, I anticipate them to win at least one of these games and have a winning record on this 16 games in 16 days. Totally. And you know what the bigger, the bigger, more important thing is? 
They continue to put games between them and the rest of the division as now they still have an 11-game lead against Cincinnati. Yep. Reds lost. Fly the W. Cubs beat the Reds yesterday. 13-and-a-half-game lead on St. Louis, and it's pretty much all but over. Like It's almost physically Rowdy, impossible I for was, any of the teams to come back and win the Central. This morning, I'm driving down the belt line. It's about 4.30 a.m., and there's this giant glow emanating from the belt line. It's you know how they have the digital billboards now? Like it's like you can like change it. It's like a big TV screen essentially. Yeah. It says October is coming with Locaine and I was I was wiping the sleepies out of my eyes. It was Locaine, I think Yelly was on there maybe. But it says October is coming. Get your tickets now. It was all about Brewers playoffs already. Well, the belt line had it on the billboard. Yeah. And I mean you I mean you look at it. The Reds and the Brewers have twenty three games left. Twenty three games left. If the Brewers if the Brewers lost all 23 games, <laughs> the Reds still have to play above 500 baseball. Yeah. Like, think about that. That's if they lost every single game. Brewers got this sewed up. If, if, the, if the Reds won, if the Reds won every single game the rest of the season, the Brewers, you know what they would have to do? What? Win about about half of their games to still win the division. That's if the Reds go undefeated. <laughs> Which it's not going to happen. And I, I, I firmly believe the Brewers can play 500 baseball Brewers, the rest of the Brewers, season. Brewers, like Brewers, Brewers. Hey, it's Rowdy. nice seeing that there's already the magic number being thrown up there for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, speaking of magic numbers, Rowdy, I'm looking at the uh, the standings right now in the NL Central, and I look at the Brewers' win loss column. I see uh, wins, 84 of them. Huh. We have this thing called the Razor's Edge coming up where you do this thing, uh, sports gambling thing every day at 6.50 and 8.50. 8.50, uh, Razor's Edge on the way. I'm looking at the Brewers again, Rowdy. 84 is in the win column. If I remember correctly, before the season started, Rowdy Razor, a.k.a. Nelly, a.k.a. Nelson over here, took his uh, little trip down to Dubuque and went to uh, the sports book, if I remember correctly, and he laid down a bet on the Brewers over under win total. What what did what did you Yeah, it was eighty two. Well it was eighty two point zero. If you got the total late, it was eighty three and a half. Either way, you've you've cashed a Brewers over so, ticket. Rowdy, when Dan the man Well, no, it was it was Adrian Hauser's no it was, Adrian was it Hauser's? It was Adrian Hauser's complete, uh, game. complete game shutout. Adrian Hauser's complete game shutout made you a richer man, Rowdy. Didn't you put down a half a G? Didn't you put down a half a stack on the Brewers? And win yeah, over now if we could games? only get the Badgers to start playing. Oh, my God. Rowdy, <laughs> that well, wallet is overflowing with cash. You look, you look around the, the Major League Baseball standings, you know who now has officially the biggest lead in baseball? <laughs> it would be the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. The Brewers, and, maybe. and once they get through this Philly series, the rest of the September and into the first part of October here, it's gonna go. It's gonna be a breeze. They have so many days off. They're gonna be able to get their pitching staff intact. They're going to be using other guys because they have such a big lead, and they're definitely going to be poised for a, a deep postseason run. It's October NLCS or bust right now for the Brewers. I'm waiting for that Brewers Dodgers series. Yeah, I'm out the bust everywhere just thinking about it. <laughs> It was incredible to see everyone come through on Saturday. Even Charlie down the middle Johnson showed up. It was wild. We welcome in our sports director, the ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life. We welcome in Zach Heilpern, our sports director, who was in attendance at Camp Randall to witness the grammar's debacle that was. But, uh, Zach, before I you say anything, I'm going to let Rowdy take it out. Good morning, Zach, by the way. You can say good morning, I guess. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. 
Here is uh, Rowdy now. Good morning, Zach. So, yes, we saw a ton of different people, a ton of different listeners. We were expecting our sports director. He did guarantee, I think, the masses on about every medium possible that he was going to be stopping by. We had people asking, where where is Zach Heilprin? Where is that sports director's ears? Zach, did you or did you not make it down to our tailgate? I did. I just didn't see you guys. It was unfortunate. Uh, I looked everywhere. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anybody I knew. So I turned around and I left, but it's really disappointing. Um, hmm. Usually you guys stand out. Well, I should say, Evo, usually you stand out. But, well, and where, um, where were you looking, Zach? Well, you guys are normally up against the, the fence there, right? Like that's, that's, you know, you come in the entrance and you turn left and you guys are right there. Yeah, right, right, there. yeah right where we were. Right. We were no, we were right well, there. That's, that's right where we were. I don't know how I missed you then. I mean, I'm 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 confused. We we saved two segments yeah, for our right. sports director Zach Heilprin where we had dead air, mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. we had to have dead air on a broadcast, we uh, we have to tell you something. You have officially been nominated for D Bag of the Week as it's been brought back. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. That's the first time. That's the first time I've ever been nominated. I I appreciate it. Rowdy nominated you on Saturday. I took. I completely like forgot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Rowdy was like, "Where's Zach?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" It, this was like we were in the grips of addiction, and it was near the end mm. of the show. And I'm like, "What do you mean, where's Zach?" And he's like, got 15 minutes. Like, to get like, here. He's got 15 minutes to get here. Do you think he's getting here? I'm like, "Oh my god, I totally forgot." So Zach, there was an eight. Not to give you any uh, ammo here, but there was an ATM that maybe was uh, obstructing your view, but. I don't know. We, I missed you. I drank a couple extra beers in your honor, okay? You, didn't, you just said you didn't realize it wasn't there. Well, I didn't, but Rowdy, that's why Rowdy nominated you. Uh, hey, well, well I actually, I nominated I, you I for missing because of you rigging a, a, a poll against me. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, it, there it is. There's the vendetta. There, there it is. There it is. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. All right, Zach, I know I'm what... Sorry. Yeah? No, so I know what you were trying to do was this, uh, get to Camp Randall. Uh, would have loved to seen you, but that's okay. We'll get you uh, Saturday, Zach, and we'll have a damn good time Saturday, this coming Saturday, for a night game. But, Zach, you had to get to Camp Randall because there was a football game. And the football game that was, wow, um, wow, a lot left to be desired. I'm just going to go right into it. What's up with Graham Mertz? Oof. That wasn't a great performance, right? No? Yeah. Mm. Is, that, is, that, is that being kind? Yeah, uh I would say Graham did not have a good day. He would agree that he didn't have a good day. The offensive line, specifically Tyler Beach, did not have a good day. Tyler Beach said as much yesterday, said he played poorly. Uh, he owned it. Like I think there's a mix between the offensive line and Graham. Uh, he didn't have a ton, ton of time to throw, but when he did throw, uh, more often than not, it wasn't exactly what he was probably uh, probably what he needed to do. Right? I mean, there, I mean, look, there are a number of throws and a number of mistakes that stand out. You think about the Chesma Lucy uh, handoff into his shoulder pad. Um, you know, you have the, the fumbled snap down on the goal line. You have the interception. You have the Mr. Chimray DK down the middle that would have been the game-winning touchdown. And then obviously the, the last-second interception as well. It just It seemed like if his first read wasn't there, and this is the same issue that he had last year, if the first read wasn't there, uh, he panicked. And um, you know, that's not ideal for a guy who's now, again, technically still, you know, hasn't even played a full season of football. This is, I believe, start number eight. So it wasn't great. No, it was not exactly what I think anybody was hoping for 
and uh, most people were not expecting. Yeah, that's kind of what I noticed, Zach. So obviously because our sports director didn't come down to our tailgate <laughs> and then the Badgers lost, I, I, I had to continue to, to drink away my sorrows. But after uh, keeping a level head and going and watching it back a couple days later, he did seem to lock on to one receiver quite a bit. And when that one receiver wasn't there and then the pocket started to break down, yeah. he did seem to get up some happy feet and uh, not the same type of poise and confidence. Well, Zach, he did have some good throws. I mean, there wasn't many, but he did have some good throws in that game, did he not? Yeah, no, he did. Like the drive, their touchdown drive, he went three for four, hit Danny Davis on that nice cross, that deep crosser. Um, you know, yeah, he had some – the dude can swing it. I, there's, I, I've seen it. We all – well – some of us, all of us, have seen it. Um, yeah. He's a he's got a great arm. He he's accurate, but he just is not smooth right now. When he's not in rhythm, it's ugly, and it wasn't in rhythm very much. And you can blame you can blame a lot of things on that. But I, I obviously you have to start with Grant, but then you have to look towards the offensive line. Yeah, and, and they were a, a bit of a, uh, a sieve, especially on the on the outside with Logan Bruss and and Tyler Beach, the two guys that you would expect to be your, your stalwarts there, and they just didn't play very well. And, you know, I, you can excuse away, I think, Tyler Beach to an extent. I mean, he only practiced like three or four times. Four, I think he said five times. Uh, he didn't play at all in, in fall camp for the most part because he's come back from a foot injury. So he was – and it was his second start ever at left tackle. Like, there were a lot of things going on there for him. And Logan Brush missed some time too. But those are excuses, and we can we, – we made excuses all offseason for Graham Mertz and then uh, on Saturday – it kind of blew up in your face. Yeah, it did. Zach Halpern, a sports director, joining us right now. Zach, when it comes to some good, well, real quick, uh, Mertz. What was Mertz like after the game? Was were you guys in person? or Was it Zoom stuff still? No, it was in person. He was uh, he was subdued. I mean, you, I guess depending on how you want to read his body language and the way he was talking, some people would thought he was pissed off, and I think that would probably be a very realistic uh, emotion for him. But he he said he was hungry, but I, I thought he was pretty subdued. We usually get like a full get a happy Graham Mertz, like a very positive Graham Mertz. Like even after the losses last year, it was still, there was still so much positivity with him. And it wasn't there after the game on Saturday. It was back yesterday when we had a chance to talk to him again. But, yeah, it wasn't ideal. Uh, I should say it wasn't uh, the norm yeah. that we get from him. All right, so uh, let's talk some good then. I started with the negative, And there's some more, like the line, you already kind of covered that. There were some breakdowns in the, the secondary. Real, real quick, I guess, on one more negative. The defense, they gave him a couple of big plays. I mean – uh, Jimmy Leonard's always had that uh, defense stout and tight. Uh, is there a concern moving forward for this defense, or is it just you know you know all wonky it was last year to now just kind of getting into the first game against a good opponent coming in the Camp Randall uh, the first week? Well, I mean, take away obviously you can't take them away, but if you take away those three big plays, Penn State essentially did nothing on offense. Yeah, um, I think they had 35 yards. I think uh, Sean Clifford threw for 247 and 143 came on those three plays. Those, those three plays, and you know you. You can blame – there's blame to go around, but it was miscommunication and coverage breaks. It wasn't necessarily physical. So, to me, I, yeah, you're always concerned when you get beat deep like that, but it's also because in their minds they didn't get beat physically. They got beat mentally, and they'll be better, I guess. But, I mean, when when your guys that are breaking down mentally are your seniors, like are your, even your experienced guys like Fayon Hicks and, you know, Caesar Williams to an extent and, um, you know, even – I know he got blamed for a lot of it, but Scott Nelson wasn't necessarily to blame for all of those. But even he, you know, eyes in the wrong direction at some point points. That's a little bit of a concern. But that front seven dominated. Front seven dominated just like I think we all, like I expected them to, and I would expect them to going forward. Uh, they were 
all up in Sean Clifford for much of the game. All right, Zach, let's do some positive stuff then. Ches Malusi should certainly look the part for the next Wisconsin running back of running back you. Uh, speak on how good Ches looked. I, that was the biggest. I mean, it was a huge surprise in the fact that he got 31 carries, right? Like, no, I didn't. No one expecting him to get anywhere close to that. Uh, none of the backs last year got close to that. Jonathan Taylor's the only one that's been over 30 in the, you know, since, uh, probably since, uh, 2014. So, I mean, it's, it was a bit of a surprise, but he ran well. I mean, he had, he had a couple of negative runs. I think he ended up with like four negative yards runs, but I don't even think those were his fault. Like the first time he touched the ball, Tyler Beach got beat. And, uh, the guy was like in the backfield as soon as he got the ball and he got dropped for four yards, but he also had six runs of 10 or more yards and he looked more shifty than I expected. And then he also ran with a lot more power. That I was expecting. He carried guys for like nine yards. One of it, like I think it was his third or fourth carry. Um, he ran with a lot more power than I thought that he had. So it was a. I thought it was a good debut. And he didn't. I don't think he ended up uh, over four yards of carry. But that was I. You know. Yeah. There were there. He looked, the, the, he, some, he, he ripped off him. some good runs. Yeah. Definitely. Zach, yeah, it's, I, it's hard to be a great running back when you're getting hit at the line. Well, that's the thing. Wisconsin normally you're not usually the hope if you're Wisconsin is you're, the back's not getting touched until at least two yards downfield, and that was not the case on Saturday. So Zach, but, but I, should, I should say for the most part, they yeah. also opened up some holes though too. Like the ten, you know, the the runs of ten plus were not just because Ches Malusi is awesome. Yeah. Uh, there was there were some holes there. So Garendo looked good in flashes too. But my main question for you is uh, Garendo was listed as third on the depth chart. What where was Jalen Berger? It's a fantastic question and one I'd love to ask him. Well, wasn't Paul Chris asked that after the game and he basically said, just started talking about how good you know, Ches Malusi and Grendel were and then never answered the question on Berger? Yes, essentially. Essentially. He said that's, that was the reason why he didn't play. And then he was asked that yesterday, like, what does Jalen need to do? And he goes, well, it's not really anything that Jalen's done good or bad. It's just, you know, blah, 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 Ches and Isaac. Um, huh. And that's fine. Um, but it doesn't make any sense. Right, like when when you see it, he's your leading rusher from last year. We all saw the type of talent he has. When he is uh, sitting nowhere, cl- like he wasn't even looking like he expected to go in. Evo, he was like the offense stands on one end, and they got the running backs around the running back coach while the offense is in. Jalen Berger was on the, like the opposite end of the field. Like he was nowhere close. He was not even expecting to go in. So like there was not even a chance. Like if one of those guys got hurt, that Jalen was going to get the ball. Like Julius Davis and um, Brady Shipper and. All those other guys were right around the running backs coach while uh, they were on offense. Jalen was nowhere to be uh, found in that area. So I don't know what his issue is, or I don't know what the issue is. Um, he's health- He's apparently healthy. There's apparently no suspension issues. Hmm. So I don't know. And I requested to speak with him yesterday. We get, we get to request three players each week, and I requested to speak with them, and they declined to make them available. So... Um, they silenced your transmission for Berger. And that's also weird, Zach, because we were hearing how he was really diving into that uh, workout offseason plan and how he put on a bunch of weight and how he put on, what was it, a bunch of uh, yeah, he's uh, on pounds poundage. onto his, his lifts, and now all of a sudden this. It's very strange. Very strange, Zach Halpern. Very strange. Uh, all right, Zach, so moving forward for the Badgers, the schedule gets a little easier, right? I just saw what Minnesota, their uh, running back, Ibrahim, is done for the year, season-ending injury. Um but you said what about Michigan, Rowdy? They better look out because uh, who's going to be really upset coming to play Michigan? Oh, Washington, yeah, Washington. after losing to Montana. Yeah, so looking looking ahead here for the schedule for the Badgers, I mean, season is season lost? Is season doomed? Like, what are we looking at moving forward? It's kind of funny. We were talking about that on the campus. Like, 
uh, this is like a week and a half ago because Nebraska went in that Illinois game thinking like this is going to be their season. This is going to be like the the turnaround season for Scott Frost. This is going to be one to point to, and that's just when everything turned around. And then sixty minutes later, your season's a complete crap. And um, <laughs> and I don't. I would you know I kind of look at that Wisconsin, but then again, you know it's it's one loss. It's not in the East, or to say it's not in the West. Uh, you get a you get the chance to bounce back against Eastern Michigan. You get a week to prepare, and then you go down and play a Notre Dame team that looked pretty good Oof. offensively Oof. Uh, on uh, on uh, Saturday or Sunday night. Their defense not great, so you would hope Wisconsin's offense would have a little bit of success. But that there's still a, a, some pretty significant challenges, I think, at the schedule. Mo Ibrahim, notwithstanding, um, yeah. I don't think the schedule changes. But I also don't think the out. Uh, the the season outlook changes either because you were, I I thought they were going to go ten and two they were going to lose another game they're going to lose another game somewhere well that game happened to be Penn State and now uh, you go ahead and move forward I, I I do think Iowa has to be the favorite in the Big Ten West now the way that what they did to, to Indiana um, but that game's at home and you know it's it's pretty far down pretty far down the street here and maybe you can figure something out uh, if you're Wisconsin offensively before that before that day comes. Yeah, with how great Jack Cohn played for Notre Dame against uh, Florida State, without Kyle Hamilton on that defense, I don't know if they win that game. No, I mean, the, the dude threw for, what, 360-something yards and four touchdowns? He was incredible. And they still needed overtime to beat him. Jack Cohn was just dragging a hog around that field in Florida, Zach. It was, in, it was insane. Yeah, it was, it was, that, that first touchdown pass was... I'm not sure a guy... I've ever seen a guy more wide open. I tried in that more more wide open, but hey, whatever. Zach, here's he the. Was good. He was awesome. No, he was, he was awesome. He was great. He, he was great. Some some Badger fans were screaming at the TV at the red zone. If only we had a quarterback that hit open receivers. <laughs> hey Zach, I can't wait to see you at the red zone this coming Saturday for Eastern Michigan. Will you pinky mm. swear me? I thought you said it was required. So, I, I mean, I, like, yeah, I listen to my. No, I listen no to my requirements boss. week one, but week two, then it becomes required. Yeah, I was. Listening. I listen to my boss. <laughs> Zach, we love you, man, and uh, we'll keep following along. Zach Halpern on Twitter, Mad City Sports, and all the good stuff there, my friend. Good stuff. Have a good one, bro. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is, Zach Halpern. I think he took the D-bag nomination pretty well. The Kansas Cannon, or as some now call him, the Kansas Squirt Gun. Rowdy, looking at the Twitter poll really quick, uh, how are you feeling about Graham Mertz if the Badgers lost to Penn State? You had three options, still Heisman potential, growing pains this year, or I miss Jack Cohn. Right now, 50% of the vote going to growing pains this year, 46% saying, I miss Jack, and 4% going to Heisman, still potential Heisman uh, hopeful. And you know where I voted. I said earlier in the show, I, I, Jack I voted, I miss Jack Cohn. And, and you want, you wanted, why, Rowdy? Because you had a perfect explanation why. Well, basically it's because with Jack Cohn, you know this team is going to win 10-plus games. Like, he's just steady, he's consistent, he's efficient. And he was a guy that basically did everything you'd ask. Now, Graham Mertz is the guy that's, he's much more volatile of a player than what Jack Cohn is. So you might win 12 games with Graham Mertz because he's just that good. But you could also win nine games because he has games like this where he's very inconsistent. Yep. And the and the reason why is also because I have, I have a, a nice little bet on the over yeah, yes, nine and do. a half. So I know Jack Cohn, that'd be a pretty safe play if it was Jack Cohn. But I think the other thing is, you can easily say 
yeah, there's going to be growing pains. But remember before on Friday when we were talking about the game, it's like this is put up or shut up for Graham Mertz. Like he's been there now. This is his third year. Yep. He got some snaps as a true freshman that most true freshmen at quarterback don't get for Wisconsin. Yep. He did come in and play a significant number of games as the starter in 2020. Now, granted, he didn't necessarily have the offseason workout because of COVID. He didn't necessarily have the type of uh, summer slash fall camp that they had because of COVID. He might have been thrusted in there a little bit early because Jack Cohn did go down with a foot injury before the season. But he was there and he started all those games. He got experience. Yep. Uh, Young Ben Kenny. Benjamin. The Twitter poll going on right now, I just had the options, you know, still Heisman hopeful, growing pains, I miss Jack Cohn. You've been on the Jack Cohn train for a long time. You've watched a lot of film. Uh, you rewatched the Badgers game a, a few times, I think, from judging by your Twitter account. I know Graham Mertz is a huge film guy, too. Mertz has watched the game a couple times, uh, two or three times, apparently. Uh, the Twitter poll, still Heisman hopeful, growing pains, or I miss Jack Cohn. What would young Ben Kenny vote? Well, I've missed Jack Cohn since he got hurt. But I, I think it's still growing pains. I, I think both of those can be true. I mean, my whole thing from the game is that you saw him struggle with the same stuff that he struggled with last year. He was locking on to Jake Ferguson and Kendrick Pryor in the red zone. But that said, and he missed some other throws that he needs to make. But also throughout the first half, whenever a play did develop and he made the right read, Tyler Beach would let a pass rusher <laughs> by in a second and Mertz would get sacked. So I will defend him in that it's really hard to get going and get a rhythm and ease into the game when even when an easy completion presents itself, you only have one second to throw. Mm. Well, there there was obviously not the greatest blocking on Saturday. The line, I mean, was bad. The line wasn't great, but you know who he kind of reminded me of? He kind of reminded me of now not like not arm strength or anything like this. I'm talking just pocket presence. He reminded me of of Jared Goff. Huh. Because Jared Goff, obviously he was a great quarterback at, at Cal, could sling it all over. But one of the things that you see with, with Jared Goff is when you pressure the pocket, all of a sudden he gets more happy feet, he gets less confidence, there's less poise in the pocket, and his accuracy accuracy declines. And all you have to do to kind of rattle Jared Goff is, is move the pocket. And I think what we saw is... Graham Mertz was still very inexperienced locking on to receivers or tight ends or, or people down the field, but he was also, he didn't go through his progressions the way you saw Jack Cohn go through his no, progressions the no. next night. And he didn't do it as quickly. And you could see that that broke down in the pocket. If there was a little bit of pressure as yeah. well, he, it's almost like he got happy feet. He got, um, if he didn't find his first radio dance, almost like he got a little nervous yeah. and, and he didn't trust the pocket. He didn't trust himself. He didn't trust his reads. And then he would throw it away and get you know tabbed with like intentional grounding. And like, normally that is what you see from a young, inexperienced quarterback. But it's it's like it's been a few games now. It's not that he's super new to yeah. this. I right, saw so Graham Mertz, Ben, who has been crushing film of the game. What was your what's your biggest takeaway? I mean, him? I like yeah, he sucked, and the team needs to score in the red zone. And I'm just concerned because that's what they couldn't do last year. I'm going to defend him because there were uh, like three or four times in the first and second quarter when he did go through his reads and did find that next guy and was about to make a pass, but then he got sacked. Like it was, it's was so bad. hard for me for him to get into that rhythm. If all right, but there are some things that that we joke about. We've joked about this, man, Ben. This is we've probably joked about this for two decades. Any quarterback can look good at Wisconsin because they can hand it off. 
And we even saw him struggle handing the ball off. Yeah, when he put it in like, the shoulder like pad of Chad we've, we've had so many jokes on these air air <laughs> airwaves with, yeah, well, Joel Stavi looked really good handing the ball off. Oh, or, well, that's the all-time winning as quarterback. Let's be careful here. Or, you know, even people on Twitter were saying, well, anyone could look good like Jack Cohn when he hands the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but... I guess Mertz still struggled to put it in the belly multiple I never times. Saw, I never saw Jack Cohn really hand the ball off for Notre Dame against Florida State. Did you guys? No, he really had no run game. Uh, here is Graham Mertz. So Mertz, like Ben, crushing film. Mertz talks about uh, some plays he wants back. Others, he's just going to kind of move on. For me, there's there's a couple. And I know I, there's some stuff on there. That's not how I play. That was definitely frustrating to go back and watch it. But I know that in the end, I can only control what I do next, and that's – Approaching practice every day like it's a new opportunity and growing. So for me, there's definitely a couple, but it's in the past now. I got to learn from it. Got to move on. He also says he's not going to dwell on what went wrong. That comes with the game, and there's definitely moments where you feel that. And for me as a quarterback, you have that right after the game, like, dang, that would have changed the game. That would have been a touchdown. We would have won. And for me, it's being able to learn from that, appreciate that, and then make sure it never happens again. And that's that's the, the life of being a quarterback. you got to deal with all that stuff. Learn from the rowdy and appreciate well, that. Well, I think the biggest thing is we know that Graham Mertz has the intangibles. He's got the big arm, like right? Like We know he has that. We know he has that potential. But the biggest thing for me that I keep going back to is, yeah, he, he can have a lot of potential. He's a guy that can say the right things in interviews. He's the guy that can say the right things at practice. He always does. But when it's game time, we haven't seen it. And then we heard, oh, well, you know, weird stuff with COVID. Oh, well, he had COVID. Oh, well, he had his top two receivers out. Oh, well, he had a bad shoulder, actually. Eventually, like, like run those were excuses. excuses. And now we saw everyone was back. He's supposedly healthy. Now, granted, I guess the excuse could be the line didn't play an A-plus game. But it's not like he was getting killed every single time no. he dropped back. And at some point, you have to say, dude, you have to perform. Like, you were... Yeah, you, you have to execute. You were the huge recruit. You were the high school All-American game, like, MVP that slung, like, five touchdowns. You were that guy. Now you got to play like it. You can't play yep. like a backup quarterback well, well, Rowdy, in Wisconsin. He does say his confidence will never falter. Uh, the guys around me, and um, I know when I'm playing good ball and we're all playing together, There's, it's, it's hard to beat us. That gives me the confidence, and it will nev- never falter, never at all. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing that bugs me just a little bit is that we've all we all know this stuff that that he's got the potential and and everything like that. But in my opinion, and I said this earlier, he still never won the job at Wisconsin. No, like, Cone got like hurt in nineteen as a true freshman. Cone won the job. He went out there and was statistically the third best quarterback in the Big Ten in twenty twenty. Cone was winning the job until he had the foot injury, or else we wouldn't have seen Graham Mertz. And then Cone decided to transfer because he saw the writing on the wall, which we believe to be was like that Iowa game, if I remember, where he dressed and they yep, still they played plan, Mertz. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. And it's like prospects in baseball. You know how I know some people are like, well, this prospect's going to be great or this. Pro-. You can have those. But like, most of the time it's in like going baseball, to a gas station and buying a lottery ticket, right, Rowdy? Yeah. Most of the time in baseball, prospects never amount to anything. They got a lot of potential, but they don't amount to anything. It, it's nice to have a full stable of them because then you have a better shot at having some hit. Mm-hmm. 
But if uh, all of these uh, prospects in baseball hit, you'd be seeing some of these terrible, terrible teams being good at least some point. I mean, what we saw Saturday was very disheartening and deflating and something that just kind of left, obviously, a sour taste in your mouth because Graham Mertz is heralded as the you know the next big thing, the best recruit Wisconsin's ever had at the quarterback position and some guy that's going to take us over the hump and hopefully to the promised land. And what we saw Saturday was nothing like that at all. In fact, it was a complete opposite. Yeah, I mean, potential is great. You'd love to have potential. You want all the potential in the world, but um, sometimes you just have to actually get it done. Yep. And potential can only go so far until you say, well, you know what? I'm tired of this potential. So potentially we're just going to bench you. Uh, Mertz does, though, talk about regrouping. Still a long season. No, I mean, we, we know it's a long road. Like I just said, um, is not going to change how we prepare, how we are a team, how close we are. Um, we know it's a long road, but... Um, We'll be ready. in the wind tunnel. I don't even think it's possible that they bench Graham Mertz. Like, I, no, no, they, no. they made. No, there's no way. Like, they made their decision last year. This is their guy moving forward. There's no way they can bench him. No, um, Mertz does say though. Even if hungry. he continues to play like this, there's no way. They're hungry though, says Mertz, and I'm not talking about for Mission Barbecue because that line. Do you think Mission Barbecue is wanting some of their nil money back for that performance from the line? <laughs> Mertz, though, says the team's hungry. They're going to bounce back. This team, uh, guys are hungry, and that, that never changes. And still down there right now, it's not changed. We all know it's a long season. Game one obviously didn't go our way, but great opportunity to learn. And um, for us, it's, we know there's a longer road. And they're hungry, ready to go. And I got all my faith in them. Graham Mertz says all the right things. Says all the right things. But right now, what we saw Saturday at Camp Randall against Penn State did not do many of the right things. He had a couple good throws, though. I'll give him that. No, I mean, you can. there were plays that he made that you're like, oh, that was a nice play. Yeah. And, and there are obviously things he can do on the football field that Jack Cohn can't do. No. Uh, before we hit break, young Ben Kenny, Ches Malusi. Beast. Beast, Rowdy. Yeah, there are a lot of positives, and like I know, I cannot believe. Still, I can't believe they lost the game. But moving forward, aside from Mertz, that's where I have the questions. I'm really confident with where this team is, and Malusi looked like the number one back. Rowdy, Ches Malusi, Beast. Oh yeah, it, whenever beast. he wasn't getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind it, he looked good. Beast. The hell's Jalen Berger though? Ben, you have, I mean, Zach Halpern was on. He said he didn't know where Jalen Berger was. Rowdy and I don't know. Do you have, do you have your ear in the streets? Did you hear anything? I, I have no idea. That's the biggest mystery coming out of this game. I'm going to even say that the defense looked better than I thought, even with Leo Chanel out. The yeah. defense looked amazing. Yeah, they're incredible. I mean, the Badgers dominated the game. It's just they didn't win. They won every single category besides the final score and turnovers, and yeah. they dominated. Penn State didn't get their first or their second first down well, the until the second 46 half. Minutes. The Badgers had 46 minutes of the ball. And how even when the def- even where the defense had question marks at defensive end and, and maybe up front a little bit, Isaiah Mullins was awesome. Keanu Benton was awesome. Nick Herbig looked like an absolute stud after playing last season. Noah Burks was great. I like this defense. I think is the best the team has had in years. Remember when I asked you guys, does Grammar's have to wow us today? And you guys said, well, no, we want the running backs to do it, essentially. I'm like, I need to be wowed by Graham Mertz. So we just needed want something from Graham Mertz. We didn't, what did we even get from Graham we Mertz? Needed, all we needed was good handoffs. Yeah, just hand them off. A good, a, good, a shoulder pad. Good, good handoffs. A shoulder pad, man. Hey, Chesma Lucy's a beast, but he can't get the ball when it's on his shoulder pad. Well, the running backs can't get in the can't get in the end zone when the offensive line can't push a guy back. Mission Barbecue <laughs> wants their money back. 
Also, I thought that the, was why they lost, in my opinion. I they got fat and lazy off the brisket. They couldn't block. Oh, I know that they, they also had some question marks in the secondary. And I actually thought outside of those four or five plays, they played pretty well, especially knowing that Penn State has athletes, has some game breakers. To only give up four to five big plays and a couple of them for touchdowns, not too bad. I, I was pleasantly surprised with how Caesar Williams played. That's good. Did He's he unblock good. you from Twitter yet? This did, is. A, well, did he unblock you from Twitter yet? No, no, he no, he still blocks me. Why? I don't know. It's all right. You'll get used to it. Rashawn. Rashawn Gary blocked me Rowdy out of nowhere. Well, I, I kind of know why, but Rashawn had to like, whatever. I, <laughs> honestly, though, this re- like real quick, if Graham Mertz cleaned it up and and again was an above average quarterback, uh, th- would it be surprising if this team went twelve and zero? No. Jack no. Cohn wins that game Saturday, by the way. We're, we're all oh one hundred. Rowdy tweeted that out. I'm firm agreement. I think I miss if, Jack Cohn. One thing on that though. That is his dad and his uncle like tweeting. I mean. can't believe Wisconsin chose Mertz over Cone. That's the stupidest take I've ever heard. It was that whole scenario. Cone gets hurt. The team, everybody had no chance. Cone was going to transfer. He was going to have one more year of eligibility, and Mertz was going to come in right. and play. Well, we got to play for a break. Well, Rowdy, real quick on Mertz and versus Cone. Um, Mertz never won the job. Yeah, and overall, if Jack Cone was a quarterback, I think this team wins at least eleven games. 